You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Dance. Dance. Christoph, does that even work when I do that when we're taping it here? Really? Oh, wow. Okay. You got the cadence down perfectly. As we are in the TV studio for uh, the Jay and Dan Podcast for the last week of February. Hey, we're in the home stretch of winter now. Man, did you ever consider becoming a, a weatherman? Like, did you ever think about it when you were starting out? Hell no. Really? No. I was a traffic man. It seemed like such a sweet gig when I'd see those weather guys. It was all golf tournaments and just a four-minute hit on the six and another four on the ten and get out of there. And again, Party. All the babes loved the weathermen. Our, uh, what about the weather guys in L.A.? They Dallas Reigns. They were the stars of television in L.A. Yeah. That was the greatest gig ever. They all had tans and, uh, and beautiful fake hair. Uh, I mentioned I did airborne traffic reporting. What was my name again? Captain D. Boomsies. Why didn't Jerry D. and you develop a spinoff of Mr. D. called Captain <laughs> D. about your adventures as an air traffic reporter? That would have been a good show on the CBC. Hey, it was coming to Crave TV. Perfect. Somebody give Randy Lennox a call. 2021. President of Bell Media. We've got a pitch. That would actually be a good show. So uh, we're uh, in the TV studios because it's Trade Center, and uh, we're here all day. So he said, hey, let's uh, do a podcast. And again, if the, if the audio is a, a little different than what you're used to, uh, we apologize. But we hope it's still entertaining and in- informative. Christoph, uh, we know you're going to do everything you can with this audio to make it sound beautiful. Christoph fix is here. Fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. We won't. Christoph will. And we once again remind you, this is the only podcast available that's not about murder. Or, uh, or cults. Yes. So, Because I listen to another one of those podcasts. There's no ending. There's no payoff. <laughs> it was a waste of my time. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um, hey, we have a great guest on the show today. Who's it's that? An old friend of yours, Scotty Upshaw, mm-hmm. Fort McMurray, Alberta zone. One thing, we did the interview already. You're going to hear it a little bit later. But one thing I didn't get a chance to talk to him about, I'm from Athabasca. He's from Fort McMurray. He was talking about growing up in northern Alberta. I don't think he knew that I grew up in northern Alberta. We didn't make, get to make that connection. Well, please welcome back Scotty Upshaw. Scotty, come back in here. Let's talk about... Oh, uh, he's long gone. Okay. 403 area code when we were young, but now it's 780. 780. Yeah, that's a long drive. So, was it two hours from Athabasca? Yeah, because it's two hours from Edmonton to Athabasca and then two Well, it's actually an hour and a half to Athabasca. And then another, probably two and a half to Fort Mac, but someone will correct me on that. So, when I went to Fort McMurray to go work and do play-by-play for the oil barons, I was living in Vancouver. I took a plane to Edmonton, and then the Greyhound from Edmonton to Fort McMurray. And you stopped in Athabasca, in at Athabasca. the Tags, at the Husky. And I was like, uh, it was straight out of like a sitcom. I'm like, is this Fort McMurray? <laughs> They're like, uh, no, it's not. Get back on the bus. <laughs> now, I remember when they moved the Greyhound stop from the hotel in town, the Athabasca Inn, to the husky the tags and that husky was not a nice husky (laughs) and i remember thinking people will think this isn't a nice town (laughs) 
They might have made that decision already <laughs> by the time they got to the tag. Uh, we should mention, though, but so Fort McMurray is a town like 50,000, 60,000. It's over 100,000 now. And Athabasca's population? 2,000 when I grew up, 3,000 now. It's grown <laughs> exponentially. Oh, baby boom? Thanks. No, the pulp mill. The pulp mill brought in many new families and, uh, and things. I should also mention that the reason the tags wasn't a good choice for a stop is because they used to cook those... Um, potato wedges mm -hmm. in like oil that probably was never changed in the fryer and so the whole husky would smell like a potato wedge Natasha the inside Stanishewski? of a potato, wedge. potato wedges right not that good not those freshly crisp McCain ones out of mm -hmm. your oven How's, is she going to do a follow-up to that uh, commercial like why wouldn't they shoot a follow-up commercial where you where you see her getting married to the guy who initially wouldn't have let her into his house. Well, let's let's go to that product. right now. Here's the debut. <laughs> no. They need a new product. Once they have a new product, it's it's back to the the Shanastevsky. Shanastevsky. We should also mention it's what time? Nine nine fifty three. Nine fifty three. Is really early for you. Like you're usually up what one two in the afternoon. Yeah, around there. I'm no, I set my alarm for 12.05. God, that must be amazing. So today must have been a real struggle for you to get up. Struggle. Uh, yeah, it was a 7.25 alarm. Like, my brain feels foggy right now, like we were drinking all night. My brain always feels like that. It doesn't matter time of day or circumstance. But do you feel like, after all these years, because we do the show live at midnight, I feel so much better being on TV at that time of night. Whereas yes. if we're on in the morning, if we have to do interviews or promote something, it's always like, what did we just do? What did I say? I, I feel like there's what... blood coming out of my eyes. Right. <laughs> How great would it be if we were on the road promoting our <laughs> podcast or something, and all of a sudden someone from like CTV Morning Live or China <laughs> asked you a question, and you answered by bleeding out of your eyeball. <laughs> and the person was like, uh, Mr. O'Toole, I think there's blood coming out of your eye. Oh, it's fine. That's fine. That's just how I wake up. Uh, you hey, were in uh, Montreal over the weekend. Yeah, I went to Montreal. Uh, went and saw my uh, nephew, Michael. Went to <clears throat> Joe Beef. You lined me up there. You got me in. Man, it was, uh, it was tough. It's a tough ticket. That is a great restaurant. Uh, used to be number one restaurant in Canada. It's now number three. That's right. Yeah. After our friend uh, Patrick's restaurant, Aloe in Toronto. Yeah. You've been to all the hot restaurants in the country this year. Well, I was looking it up in an Uber because we were talking to the Uber driver, and I'm like, what is it now? He's like, let's uh, look it up. And the, I need to go to number two, which is 2K. Oh, that's in Montreal, too. Yeah. That'll be your next trip there. That's right. I've never been there either. Should we go together? Sure. I love Montreal. Yeah, no habs in town. And uh, I went for a very heavy meal on the Friday night. So uh, me and my lady friend, uh, the meal wrapped up at like 930. And I'm like. You got to uh, mention the restaurant. Uh, Pita Couchon. It's very uh, heavy French. Is it French cuisine? Yeah. Au pied de cochon. Because, yeah. Uh, it's like a lot of foie gras. The, it was. So I was asleep. The earliest I've been asleep in. <laughs> 32 years. I was asleep at 10.05. I've never, in the, in the two decades I've known you, heard of you eating a meal and then going to sleep, <laughs> especially on the road. Yeah. Normally you'd power through. 
I'm getting old. And so, and then on the Saturday night, went for a, a meal with uh, my nephew. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't, uh, my friends and I are going for a drink. I said, we'll join you. Was he like, uh, uh, Uncle Dan, it's okay. Uh, uh, you wouldn't want to come. <laughs> no, no, no. He wanted us to go. So we went and had, um, they were called Bulldogs, which is uh, like a margarita and a Corona. And um, I suffer from acid reflux. The first sip, it's lava in my throat. And that sounds similar, as you, you mentioned this to me before, similar to the, uh, what they call the gringo yeah. drink at our favorite bar in Saskatoon, the Crazy Cactus. Mm -hmm. And those, those, first of all, those bad boys, that'll get you drunk fast. Yeah, so I had one of those looked at my watch. It was midnight. I'm like, okay, see ya. And I left. So you're a, this is a new toolsy, like early to bed toolsy. Fresh faced in the morning. You know how old I'm getting? True story. You remember Lakota, the commercials? It's like a. Oh, what was that? Like they had like an old Indian chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was that? Was it like. Except uh, for arthritis and there's right, rubs right. and there's pills. Lakota. I went and bought Lakota. Wow. I'm now taking that. Wow. <laughs> well. I you had up, a good run. I get up each morning. It feels like I've been in a car accident, and I haven't. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Exactly. My, my bones are aching. <laughs> I know. What is with that? Sore bones. Why do we have sore bones when we get up? Because we're old. But we've got, uh, do we need orthopedics? No, Lakota. <laughs> I'm going to be the spokesperson for that. You just wait. Or Lakota, the Jane Dan podcast presented by Lakota. <laughs> uh, problem is, though, you read the bottom, and they're like, around four weeks you'll feel something <laughs> that's such a lie <laughs> any product could say that couldn't they and because by four by three weeks you've given up haven't you <laughs> no. you've totally given up on that product oh man oh so if you're in montreal i went to this place last time a place called north star it's on um what is that is it saint laurent or saint uh, it's one of those streets whatever uh you'll find it uh You'd it's, be... a, it's a pinball. They've got all old pinball machines. Uh, yeah, someone that's cool. spent the afternoon there. There's a, a baseball one. They have a new one that came in the day before, a uh, Pong, but it's new electronic Pong. Ooh. Did they well, have the Kiss? The... Did they have the Kiss pinball machine? No, but they have a Kiss indicator thing in which you find out if you're like a, a wet slurper or something. What? It, I don't, it's one of those ones where... Oh, like not kiss the band. No, but you put your hand on it and it's like a lever. and A you wet get slurper? Were you a wet slurper? I didn't play that game. Jesus. I played some bubble hockey. Man, I love that game. You know what would be cool is if, like, you're single, you head out to the bars and you go up to the ladies and just say, hey, you looking for a wet slurper? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> well, you get a little ticket. So I could have got the ticket. And just show it. Put, pin it to your lapel. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about something on the uh, drive to Montreal. Let's do it. A, a lot of uh, our trucker friends, they probably listen to the podcast. We love you guys. I you, hope so. You keep the economy rolling. Convoy. But here's the thing. You guys need to all get on the same page. I thought they were. On the CBs. <laughs> no, because... Once you're away from the, uh, the three lanes each way on the 401, once you get outside Toronto, it goes down to two lanes each mm -hmm. way. And they do the half a kilometer faster pass. So it takes about 38 minutes to pass the other transport. Right, right, right. 
Could you not CB say, hey, uh, pick her up a kilometer an hour? Or, hey, I'm about to pass you. Slow down. Slow her down a little bit. I'll get by as quick as Slam I can. Slam on the brakes. Just hit the brakes. <laughs> hit the brakes for me. I'm coming by. I'm going to wheel by here pretty quick. So you got behind a few uh, big rigs. It was fine. Uh, no uh, traffic tap. And have you driven to Montreal in a while? I haven't driven to Montreal in probably a decade. I used to do it all the time. Now I, I fly. That's how I'm My lazy. Uber driver said it's the biggest infrastructure project in Canada right now. It might be North America because it's what? going in. Right the 401 the from Toronto to Montreal? No, no. The entrance to Montreal. Oh, yeah. The 20 in there. There's chaos. It's been like that for 20 years, it's though. It's not. It doesn't even show up on my map. It's like my map's like, you're No, every you're time I've driven to Montreal, it's the you drive in, it's instantly the traffic's because there's so much construction. The city is, is just being built now. <laughs> They're just building Montreal. People think it's been there for forever, but it's just being built as we speak. Oh, and problem with cobblestone streets. Uh, when they're pushing carts at uh, 5 a.m. Oh, behind yeah, the, your hotel. Yeah, the sound. Yeah. They are, it, it's a beautiful setting, very romantic. After about the sixth pass of this cart, my lady friend got up. She's like, is there a train? Are we next to the train station? <laughs> Did you book us next to a train? And it's understandable that you would think that. And then, so I stayed in a different hotel each night. The first hotel, this is the train one. That was the first hotel. And the person, there was a person next door. You could, paper thin walls, you could hear every word they were saying. And they talked nonstop for two hours. <laughs> Maybe they were doing a podcast. <laughs> 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 it's the Random Hotel Room Podcast. That's a good idea for a podcast. And we were debating, like, what are they, who, she said, maybe she's on the phone. I'm like, well, that person's not saying anything on the other end. Maybe they, they were interviewing someone on the other end for their podcast. I like this idea, Stoff. What do you think? A spinoff pod where Dan goes to different hotels and does a podcast from that hotel room, just <laughs> talks about that hotel and that hotel room. Hotels Tonight with Dan, sponsored by Hotels Tonight. Speaking of hotels, we were put up at the beautiful Delta Scarborough. <laughs> you know, okay, so it's a hotel. When you're driving into Toronto, yeah. you see it. You can't barely see it now because they built condos next to it. But I remember driving up from Peterborough with my family. I'd see it. I'm like, one day we're going to stay there. Boy, that looks like a beauty. Five stars. <laughs> oh, one day the O'Toole's will stay there. Yes, we will. Continental breakfasts. Laundry service. <laughs> Everything will be at hard. that time, at that age, it was probably state of the art. Well, it's my personal opinion, it was fine. It was exactly well, what it's I thought. Yeah. I thought it was what it was going to be. It was a Delta in Scarborough. It's <laughs> right? That's you know what you're getting. That's their sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's but this is the thing. I walk in there last night at one in the morning. And uh, the smell of chlorine permeates not just my olfactory nerves, my nose, <laughs> but every fiber of my body. Like, there's so much chlorine because they have a giant pool in the lobby of this hotel. That's right. And they got a water slide. I've been on that water slide. I mean, wait a minute. You've been on that water slide? When did you... St you've stayed at the Delta Scarborough before? <laughs> so, a tie back. Um, uh, my... 
parents, they wanted to go somewhere with all their grandkids, so you book like a, a zoo pass there. So you get a night at the hotel, you get tickets to the zoo. Oh. It is Gosh. chaos there during the day. That sounds... There was approximately 400 people in that pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scotty mentioned that. When he checked in during the day, there was like 300 people in that pool. Maybe it's like there's a swim team? No, they just... Practices pe there? People like water slides. So the thing that was fascinating to me, I wake up this morning to come back here, and I'm like, I wonder if uh, Toolsy's up. And i walking through the lobby. There you are, at the front desk. <laughs> and I was like... Is this the first time you've checked out of a hotel? You know what I was doing? I said, is breakfast free? <laughs> it was paid for by work, but the reason being, because I just wanted to go up to the buffet, grab some pieces of bacon, eat them, and leave. And not have to go through a schmazzle of filling out a bill. And she's like, uh... What are you, a Neanderthal? You can't just walk up to the buffet, take pieces That's of bacon. I That's like a, what a guy from the street would do. And it was a 15-minute process because she said, what's your last name? I gave it to her. She's like, not there. What's your first name? I said, Dan. She said, okay, D-A-M. I'm like, don't. My name's, my name's not Dan. <laughs> Finally found out that I did not get a free comp breakfast. So I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I should have just gone and grabbed bacon anyway. Who's going to say anything? That's true. Can you imagine if a guy walked in off the street, you're eating breakfast in a hotel, and you just came in and grabbed bacon, and you're like, hey! <laughs> Put that bacon down! So you but, didn't uh, get breakfast. I got, uh, I got room service. No, I came to work and got a wrap. Yeah, not good. Oh, God. It tasted like a heated up napkin. That makes sense. Well, listen, this has been uh, great, a great discussion about the Delta Scarborough. If you're ever in Scarborough and you're looking for a place to stay, Dan and I would recommend the Delta. <laughs> the room was okay, though. I thought the hotel was going to blow over. It was hurricane winds last night. That was another reason we, we wanted to stay close by, because so we knew they needed us. We've done one <laughs> uh, three-minute segment for Trade Center, okay? It's 10 o'clock. We got here for eight, and we're not doing another one for what an hour? Yeah, and then why are we here? And then they're gonna say, uh, "Yeah, guys, uh, we aren't gonna need you for the rest of the day because uh, we got trades coming down." Yeah, when they originally asked us if we'd do this, I said, "Okay, can we get out of here at noon?" They're like, "No, no, we're gonna need you till three. <laughs> I'm like, "How about noon?" They're like, "Okay, two. How about noon? <laughs> okay, one." So we settled on one. <laughs> And I guarantee you they won't come to us after, like, 11. It's fine. We're happy to be part of this broadcast. And um, for these uh, hits for Trade Center, usually we have a, a robust staff of, what, 10, 15 people? Yeah, in our ears, over our shoulders, looking over notes, talking about research. For this, uh, it's you, me, G-Bone, and Brendo. Yeah, that's right. On our, the, our writer, uh, Brendo, and our producer, G-Bone. Producer Tim, not even awake yet. No. Not even having his first dart of the day. <laughs> if I were Tim... I would have rather had a morning dart and I don't smoke instead of that rap. You know what would be cool is if we were sponsored by a cigarette maker. Can't and, sponsor cigarettes anymore. Well, let's just 
think outside the box. I'm not saying this is reality. I'm just saying this okay. is my fantasy. If, if Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> this, is, this is my fantasy. This is what I dreamed about last night while lounging in my bed. If you start Trade Center, you come up, and there's a beautiful woman, and she's lighting everyone's cigarette on the desk, and Duffy and Ray Ferraro, O'Neal, they've all got darts in, and everyone's just smoking. Is that what happens on RDS? Uh, yes. Right? On RDS, everyone's got cigarettes lit, and that's how they're doing trade deadline day. Um, in my hotel room, I saw a lot of darts last night on the show I was watching. It was uh, all but the life of Sammy Davis Jr. That's all they did was smoke darts. Yeah, for sure. It was just a, a nonstop dart fest. <laughs> he died in his 60s? He looked like 80. I remember when he was in uh, Cannonball Run... And the sequel, and him and Dean Martin looked really rough. Well, yeah, he was, uh, he was into it all. But yeah. not like the junk. He wasn't into heroin and stuff. No, right? no, the cocaines. The cocaine, the, the booze, uh, the, booze uh, the smoking, as you mentioned. That and, probably killed him more than the other two. And what I found out, too, he, he liked to spend money. He'd go into, uh, he walked down a street in New York and spend 50 grand. His Sounds accountants... Sounds a little like you. His account's like, uh, you don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, should we talk to Scotty? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's dial up that interview. And here's Scotty Upshaw. Yes! You're well-rested? <laughs> staying at the Delta? I had a great sleep last night after a, a little session last night with JD. It was great. How Whoa. much? Whoa. 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 What? That sounded weird. Yeah. Oh, I sure did, actually. <laughs> Let's not use that clip for the pod. Then, right? That's how no, we started. That'll be the, the pull quote. So, uh, did that, uh, so this is a hotel, the Delta we're talking about. It's right next to our studios here. It's got a water slide city to take a bomb down that. I didn't. No, there wasn't enough, uh, there wasn't enough room. There was about 300 kids on it when I showed up. <laughs> oh, really? When you walked I, I into that lobby, that. did just the smell of chlorine permeate your senses? Like... It, it definitely cleared my sinuses so I can come in here today and not have to cough and be ready to rock and roll. So, uh, Okay, yeah. so you played uh, how many games in the NHL? Seven? Who's counting? 759, I looked at Okay, so if you take in all the travel, yeah. you think of all the hotels. Do you have a ritual now when you go into a hotel room, you're like, okay, here's how you do it. This is what you take off the bed. This is how I get ready. I'm old school, Dan, so I usually I open the door. I toss my bag in. I lock the door and I go have a beer. Yeah, that's Good what you do. You. Yeah. That's usually that's the bag you. chucker. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, how did the Delta stand up compared to some of the beautiful <laughs> NHL approved hotels? I over mean, the, course the Delta of your J. The Delta was great. They uh, very accommodating. Yeah. They gave me a nice fridge so I could, you know, house a couple bottles of water in there. <laughs> and uh, you know, because we're up in Canada and I'm used to California right now, uh, yep. I needed a humidifier, so they brought up a nice big compressor i think you needed to <laughs> just fire it up like the snowblower back in fort mac yeah you know that's the go-to i do now because when you're younger you don't know that they have humidifiers at hotels i call down and get one because i wake up i'm like bloody nose yeah no 100 percent. you can't be having that hmm. this has right? been hotel talk this has been that's the whole pot <laughs> that's everything you uh, so you're part of our trade center coverage scotty first of all uh, and I just learned this watching Trade Center coverage. Your career is not done. You 
you think it's a good thing that you've kind of been able to take a year off this year? Yeah. Uh, you know, the way I play, uh, who would say it wouldn't be maybe a blessing in disguise at the end of the day to, uh, you know, I've battled a few bumps and bruises over the last uh, couple of years. I ruptured my kidney the last hockey game I've ever played in, which was last year. Wow. Um, that was pretty gnarly. So, you know, at the same time, I would love to be out there, but the knee uh, needed to get fixed. I had surgery, and now we're... Uh, you know, we're focused on getting ready for another training camp and you know, trying to play in the NHL. And you had a training camp this year with the team you grew up watching because you're from Fort McMurray, Alberta, the Edmonton Oilers. It was a dream come true. I, the opportunity came this summer. Um, I saw a few moves they made. They brought in Kyle Brodziak, who was my line mate the last three years. Uh, one of the first texts I sent was to uh, number 99. I reached out to him uh, probably July 2nd or July 3rd. Wait, you had his number? I had his number. I mean, he coached me. He coached right? me, okay, great yeah. guy. I'm friends with Trevor, his son. Um, I ended up reaching out saying, hey, it would, be a, it would be an honor if I could come in and, and you know, earn a spot on that team. Is there anything you think I could do to, to do that? He's, he, he absolutely agreed that he think the fit was, was good, uh, that those young guys can use a little leadership. And, you know, what better spot to, uh, to go try out than, you know, the Edmonton Oilers for me. Do you ever send Gretz a text in the middle of the night that just says, <laughs> you up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to FaceTime? <laughs> um, you mentioned your style of play. So you and I have a, uh, a long history knowing each other because I did play-by-play -play for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons uh, from 99 to 2001. You were on that team that won the Royal Bank Cup in 2000. Um, winning a national championship, where does that rank in your hockey story? Well, it was, it was uh, the way I look at it, it was kind of the beginning of the hockey story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was... 16, playing on a team full of uh, veteran WHL absolute beauties. Yeah. So I learned, I learned how to be a young adult very, very fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, the parties and stuff uh, after the weekend home games where Scotty invites some girls from, you know, from school and let's, uh, let's go have a few beers. And um, we were just that good that year. It taught me really how to win, how to be a, a young pro. Uh, set me up for my career in the WHL and my career with Team Canada. And that championship was in Fort McMurray. And it so was in at your home. hometown. We had a great play-by-play -play guy calling oh, all the man, goals. The best. He scores. I wish we could find a clip. I don't of you think back my then. voice had his, deepened yet. His career peaked at that moment. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's all been downhill since then. Uh, yeah, that's that was great. It was it was good good times, good times. And then a uh, couple of silver medals with the world world juniors. Hey, tell me about your world. Yeah, juniors my, my I've had an epic experience with Team Canada. There's been you know no one does uh, tournaments better than those guys. The way they treat uh, us players and our families and everything. So I did Czech Republic and Halifax. Halifax was probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, Pierre Maguire actually told me today that that tournament was. Uh, the most viewership of any World Juniors since uh, like 2005. So hmm. it was, I mean, 1.5 million people watching us play uh, yeah. for our country in Halifax was, was epic. You know what Scotty did? I got hired at TSN and you were with the World Juniors. I, was, I came into work one night and someone said, uh, Scotty Upshaw, uh, he sent something for you um, and it's over here on playback. And he got the camera, the TSN camera guy, 
said, hey, I want to tape a message. And he said, hey, Dan, congrats. Uh, so awesome that you're on TSN and yada, yada, yada. Wow. How, do we have that? And we have that clip right now. <laughs> no. no, we don't have that clip. But, that uh, clip yeah, is not really. I, I, always, uh, I had curly blonde hair. <laughs> I always appreciated that. That was great yeah, to see that. Yeah, that's good. That's a very kind thing to do as a young man. Very, were you thinking, okay, I've got to lay the seeds of my future broadcast career right now. I've got to get on camera and I do was it. Just, uh, I think at the end of the day, I was probably hoping that Dan would end up being on, you know, on his own TV show and maybe bringing me on as a guest sometime. Hey, there it is. Look, it happened. It finally happened. Uh, who are your goalies for Team Cat? You had Flurry, right? We had Flurry. Uh, yeah. And we had Pascal Leclerc our first year. Pascal Leclerc. Mm. And where he is right now, I could not tell you. But he was an incredible goalie. Uh, ten shutouts one year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's right, yeah. Columbus. Um, that's right. But he, uh, both both times were up. We were up three one in the second period and down four three in Czech Republic going into the third, and we ended up losing five uh, four. Uh, and then in Halifax, we're up 2-1 going into the third period against Russia again and lost 3-2. So both heartbreak games, but, mm. um, you know, just epic experience. Have you ever been back to the Czech Republic since? I made a pit stop in there for, uh, actually, for an exhibition game with the, or no, we started the season off in Phoenix. We played Boston Bruins. So you can, you can imagine two NHL teams just hovering through Prague for, <laughs> for 10 days. And what a beer. Yeah. Are, Me and Sean Thornton like... at the time really got to know each other well. Oh. We weren't teammates until we played in Florida. <laughs> Aren't beers still like 50 cents there? Yeah, the, pra, yeah, the Prahas. The, uh, they make a nice Pilsner. Yeah, they, make it, they invented it, right? Yeah, so they, exactly. you know that they make a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you, weird question, but like, Thinking years down the road, would you ever consider playing in Europe? Like, would you? Because it seems yeah. like the greatest years thing down in the, the world road? to me. I mean, it's kind of coming. I yeah. don't know how long I'm going to play for. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that, but I, the, the I, it plan, just seems so exciting to go you know over what? there. Yeah, it would be. And I love to travel. Yeah. Um, anyone who knows me or follows my Instagram, it's uh, kind of a jet setter when I can. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the NHL doesn't work out, there's so much opportunity over there to go travel and and spend quality time in another country learning languages and you know the way of life uh, you get an apartment you get a it car it would be amazing a pretty nice salary amazing. certainly more than you'd make uh, working here at this this place <laughs> pretty european girlfriend if you want that would yes. be nice too that would be nice too like i i knew guys that played in like the second level of the german elite league and they were making 2 300,000 and they had the car and the apartment and no taxes yeah no it's it's incredible they've really set up uh, opportunity for guys who don't make it in North America and the Europeans in general to just have these great leagues, you know, very professional, uh, and it's good hockey. And you know who uh, did it in the Swiss Elite League? Fort McMurray boy, Danny Hodgson. He played over there for like 15 yeah, years, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, set records. He's a great hockey player back in the day. Yeah. He's Roger Federer's dad. Little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> he fathered Roger in Switzerland. Um, okay, can we go through? Do you have the list? I want to go through these teams that you played for, Scotty. And then... We can talk about Edmonton, we can talk about Vancouver too. But can we start in Nashville? I just want to um, talk about the team itself, the experience living in the city, all that stuff. Let's start with Nashville. Uh, what I remember in Nashville being a you know, first round pick, top 10 pick, um, a lot of expectation. Uh, it took me a while to really figure out what it took to be a professional. Um, a lot of time singing songs in these bars and, <laughs> and winning hockey games. We had great teams. Uh, Barry Trotz, my coach, was incredible mentor early on. I uh, had great friends. Jordan Tutu is still one of my best friends. Vern Fiddler, Scott Hartnell. So great teammates is what I recall from that, uh, that era. 
Uh, just a great organization. What they're doing now is incredible. Are because, you? Because of that draft, uh, I was able to go from Fort McMurray down to Calgary to cover it because he was getting drafted. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Local boy. Makes good. It's when I vomited in my boss's glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right up to the top of the glass. That's right. I've told that story a few times. <laughs> what, what, are you surprised at all at how much success Barry Trotz has had with the Islanders this year? Um, uh, yes. This quickly? You know what? This quickly? Yeah. I, I'm actually... There's not a better guy out there, anyone who knows him or played for him. Um, if you're a veteran player, which, which I wasn't at the time, but uh, you see it as you grow older, uh, the relationship coaches have with their players and the respect they have from the players. Trotsy's that prime example. Um, his defensive strategy, what he did this year with, with New Jersey, taking him from the, the worst goals against now to the best in one season is incredible. But he... Uh, you know, his tenure in Nashville maybe went a lot longer than expected. Yeah. But it gave him an opportunity to just really dial in his, you know, his strategy. Right. And it's worked. And what he did, he brought the cup to Washington. They had great seasons winning President's Trophies. And he's, uh, you know, he's a guy you learn from you want to play for. So I'm very happy with, uh, with the way his career's gone. Uh, Philadelphia. Tough fans to play in front of. Tough fans. We had a tough team. Every night was was a battle, yeah. and it was so much fun. There was, a, I look at, I had two teams where the groups were as tight as you could possibly put a group of guys, and that was Philadelphia and St. Louis. Uh, and you knew that because you'd see guys from other teams come in, and whether they're looking across at you in warmups, pretty much hoping they just had your jersey on, or after the game you're having a beer with someone, and they're like, "Man, you guys look like you have fun." Yeah. And everyone just is on the same page, and that's what Philly was. Um, Holmgren was great. He turned that team. I got traded for Peter Forsberg. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, that is. You should have a others, T-shirt that a says that. A few others with Peter or with <laughs> myself went over for Peter, but we were the worst team in the league. And Paul Holmgren that summer brought in Danny Briere, Kimo Tiemann, and Scott Hartnell, Joffrey Lupul, Jason Smith. Those are five. Those are five big names yeah. that can really turn an organization around. Uh, and we went from. You know, the worst team in the league to the conference finals. I think we lost to Pitt in six games. Uh, again, you're young. I was 23, 24, you know, playing, uh, you know, all the way into the beginning of May. And that's just, that's when things get really fun. How's Philly as a city? Great city. Good food. Uh, good people when you get down into the heart of it. Blue collar, right? It's, it's blue collar, but yeah. everyone, what they appreciate is people who play hard, work yeah. hard. Uh, they're athletes. If you go out and you, you know, you bust your balls every night for for their teams, you're a well appreciated guy yeah. there. Ask Mike Schmidt. He knows <laughs> Phoenix. You that was one of the teams you got traded to on the deadline, I believe, right? It was. Yeah. That's where you had Gretz. That's where you got his number. Yeah. Me, me and about seven other guys went to <laughs> went to Boston. I showed up in Boston after getting traded, and uh, there was like ten new hockey bags in the dressing room from different teams. <laughs> It felt like training camp. Yeah, it felt like yeah. you're showing up to play summer hockey and everyone's coming in from their own teams and yeah, there's different yeah. color socks. Meet everywhere new guys and stuff. And, and uh, first game was in Boston. I uh, was playing on the fourth line with Kyle Turris and Nigel Dawes. And uh, first period, went out, got a goal, came back to the bench and Gretz was kind of looking at me like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and sure enough, I went on that following, like that, to continue on the rest of the year. I, I almost had a point of game. I played with Doan and Matthew Lombardi, two incredible friends and teammates. Um, and made Team Canada, world, uh, the World Championship team, went to Switzerland that summer. So that was a really, uh, you know, when you talk about trade deadline deals, 
for me, that revived my career, got me pretty much a, some more exposure on a team to show I could score and be a good, effective player. So Playing in the desert, is it tough to get up for a hockey game? Yeah, if you got a sunburn, it is. For sure. <laughs> or if uh, if you want to squeeze in nine more holes, then it's, right, it's pretty yeah. tough. But would we would guys give you teams. grief though if you did golf a lot? Were they like, ah, look at this guy golfing again? You know what? It, honestly, you're so tired. You don't you, you don't really think about golfing. It's, oh, okay. it's crazy. But you were like, I played in Florida and there, and the last thing you you want to do coming home from practice one day is go play golf. It sounds silly because I love golf more than anyone. Yeah. But when you're like in the heart of a, a season, yeah. you know, unless you're on your break and you know you want to go have some pops and swing it around, then that's different. But. What we've heard so many different things about Gretzky as a coach, some flattering, some not so flattering. What was your experience? First of all, just the fact that you're looking around and it's, it's yeah. freaking Gretzky. I know. Well, <laughs> it, it, first off, it was it was overwhelming. I came in and um, you know his his personality wasn't you know, head coach personality. Gretz was obviously the best player in the world and, you know, an icon for all of us, all of us kids growing up in Canada. But, um, you know, as a coach, it was different. We'd show up, we'd get on the bus for, for games from our hotel and there would be 50 people outside waiting for autographs, autograph seekers. We're all used to them, but they would, we would walk right past all of them <laughs> and they would just be like, they'd have Gretzky cards, and, you know, posters and they yeah. wanted Wayne to sign everything. So that was, it took a while to kind of get used to that, your coach having to sign all the autographs and, and having to wait for him to get on the bus. Uh, but one story, I was, we played the uh, Winter Classic game in St. Louis against the Hawks three years ago. And Wayne was in town doing the alumni stuff for the Blues. And uh, I had my brother, Brent, a couple buddies and their girls out for dinner. And in walked Wayne, he was there for Bobby Hall's birthday party. So he was waiting on Bobby and Brett. And obviously they take their time. And... Uh, I invited him and Trevor to sit down with us and we ordered some Heinekens and we were having some beers and you know I'm like Wayne I got to tell these I got to tell my boys here that you know you uh, you've been the only coach in the NHL to ever put me on a 5 on 3 power play to show my skill <laughs> and I'm like I got to tell you it was some of the best times of my life and he looked at me and he's like so that's why I don't have an NHL coaching job anymore. He's like, that's why no one will give me a job anymore. Yeah. That is good to hear, you know, someone you grew up idolizing. Did it become, you know, playing in front of that few fans? Does that as a player, do you notice that? Or as you said, are you too dialed in to even notice that? Uh, kind of you get used to it, like yeah. anything. Uh, disappointing in a lot of ways because, you know, hockey is just such an exciting game. You want to play in front of a, a, a packed house. But uh, due to you know, economies and locations of arenas and, you know. Were the crowds smaller in Florida or Phoenix? Uh, they were. About the same? <laughs> oh, yeah. Florida right they now is great. getting like nine, ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. It's, both, yeah. both areas are tough. Both arenas, they're great arenas. They're just in the wrong area. Right. Yeah. Hey, that. we, we should, sorry to interrupt you guys, we should go to your list of players. Oh, yeah. We're going to do rapid we're get, fire. We're unfortunately, ra we're getting close to the end of our time. With so yeah, 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 for so much quick, fun. Just a quick line about uh, former teammates, okay, uh, each one. Okay, we'll start with Scotty Hartnell. Beauty, some of the craziest <laughs> hair you'll ever see. <laughs> Tommy Volkun. Uh, one of the most athletic lefty-righty uh, catching goalies of all time. Didn't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Correa. Uh... My favorite player growing up, very, very superstitious, uh, but a professional amongst professionals. Jason Arnott. Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Knubel. 
Uh, one of my best line mates ever and went to the conference finals with him as a line mate. Uh, smart, always read the paper and did the crosswords like no one other. Wow. Claude Giroux. Uh, didn't speak great English when I first played with him, but uh, I was his first line mate when he was a professional and, uh, you know, incredible player. Did, could you see very quickly, could you see the greatness in him at that? You could. You knew coming from junior, you, you just, he had the persona. He wanted the puck. Yeah. He was upset when he wasn't, uh, you know, making the plays he wanted and wasn't in the spots he wanted. He, he was a hungry kid. Right. Jeff Carter. <sighs> <laughs> Is that a you good? You teed me up for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's say a rope. <laughs> Shane Doan, who the uh, Yotes just retired yeah, his number. just last night. Incredible human being. And... Uh, one of the best guys ever. Uh, Keith Yandel. He's a, he's a, he's a funny one. <laughs> um, he's funny. He has something for everything. And uh, I love playing with him. Uh, Ilya Brizgalov. Oh, Brizgalov. Space cadet. <laughs> Multiple personalities. My stallmate for years. I had to put just, I had to put earplugs in this side of my ear for, oh, he just for the whole stop? year. Oh, yeah, he doesn't stop. Incredible goalie when he wanted to be. <laughs> uh, Rick Nash. Jeez, uh, a workhorse and uh, gifted, gifted goal scorer. Does he still love the ponies? He loved going to horse racing, didn't he? It was a Columbus thing. There was a lot of boys there loved the... Uh, that Husalius was, was one of the best horse gamblers you'll ever see. Huh. He won two trifectas back home in, in uh, Sweden. Yeah, I think he was Swedish. For amounts of money I couldn't even comprehend. <laughs> wow, but he, he, would pick, he would pick the six in a row. Wow. I can't wait till Incredible. The, I can't wait till our 30 for 30 on <laughs> Husalius. Uh, Ed Jovanovski. Uh, one of my best friends playing hockey with and uh, you know, Jovo Cop, 55. He was, he was a tough cookie. Yeah. Here's uh, another coach of yours, Kevin Deneen. Hard ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roberto Luongo. Uh, funny and incredible Hall of Famer. Uh, Yarmir Yager. <laughs> you played with some legends. legends. Yeah, you played with amazing Yager's players. Yager's a legend. Man. Stayed single his whole career. So I can appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but what he's done, 47, 46, still playing hockey, is, is remarkable. Vladimir Tarasenko. The tank. He... Uh, He's a weapon, and he can shoot the puck harder than anyone I've ever seen. Another coach, Ken Hitchcock. I love Hitch. Yeah? I love Hitch. He calls me Hollywood, <laughs> and in return, sometimes I have to tell him what I think back to him. <laughs> uh, one of the greatest minds of hockey taught me a lot, and reason why I'm still, still playing. Oh, that's wow. great. That's great. And finally, the last one, Jay Bomeister. Did you ever hear him speak? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Jay's great. I love when I get a couple beers in him too, because then he really, uh, then he really gets going. Yeah, because he, he almost got it down pat. The media knows he doesn't speak, so he never gets interviewed. I know. Yeah, it's it's like you're uh, you're the Japanese uh, baseball or, player or Vladdy Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, and you know how to speak English, but you carry your translator around all the That's time. That's right. Said no English. <laughs> <laughs> Great skater, though. Oh my God. He's oh, uh, we. I mean, Northern Alberta, Edmonton. He was. I hated playing against him as a kid, but I loved playing with him on my team.
Really? Like he was that as a he kid? Was a, like- he was from 12. He was 5'11 and going to be first overall pick. Wow. And uh, lived up to it. Amazing. Uh, before we let you go, Fort McMurray was hit hard by the uh, wildfires. What's the update? How's the rebuild going in your hometown? Uh, great. The strength of that community is uh, uh, second to none. And, uh, you know, everyone pulled together and got that, uh, got that city back on its feet. It looks gorgeous, and now we just hope the uh, Alberta economy will keep striving. What was it like watching that from afar, seeing those It was tough. Uh, that, yeah, I wrote a piece uh, in the Players' Tribune on that. My experience, I was playing in a playoff game, um, pregame skate. I remember that, Pregame yeah. nap, waking up to these unlimited flow of tweets, and had my brother and his, and his fiance with me, uh, with their kids, back with my mom. And it was... Uh, I, I couldn't remember really playing in the game other than just looking at my brother and his wife on their phones the whole time in the crowd. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I do remember everyone from the Stars, the Dallas Stars in that playoff game, coming up to me and like tapping me like, hey, we're thinking about you. But, Amazing. You know, that's stuff we, uh, we deal with nowadays. Hmm. Yeah. Craziness. Um, this is awesome having you here. I love friend. it, boys. Thanks, yeah, thanks for Thank you me. so much for doing this. And uh, now we got to send you back to Duffy. Let's go. Yeah. Hopefully you guys have better uh, food than the wraps. That late night <laughs> session with, with Doug. Yeah. No, did you have any of the breakfast food? I did. Oh, God. Yeah, what was bad. that? The coffee cup they gave me was like a shot glass. <laughs> I'm like, do I shoot this? Is there Bailey's in there? A little espresso. I got to go to work right now, I said. Uh, thanks, thanks, Scotty. Scotty. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. What a guy. Could have talked to him for a while. I didn't get to touch upon uh, his his oil baron's teammates, and I wanted to get, I should have asked it when I was talking about the hotel rooms, his estimation of how many hotel rooms he has stayed in. Like, what, how is he going to answer that, though? I don't know, Dan. Thousands, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, what's he going to say? Like, over 2,000. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would, well, how about what's the best hotel What's the best hotel on the road in the NHL? Like what's Delta Scarborough. That's, <laughs> where that's where all teams. the visiting teams play. Well, do you think if, if Toronto had gotten, if Markham had gotten that NHL team, remember a few years ago? Yep. You think that that would be where the players would stay? <laughs> I don't think so. The Delta Scarborough? And I wanted to ask if a hotel the NHL teams stay in has a water slide, if guys go on the water slide. Uh, that's a good question. I imagine after a few... <laughs> Getting a little banged up, maybe. I love that he's a bag tosser. That's he described it well. He's that's old what we school. did on the craft tour every time. Yeah, exactly. Throw the bag in. Yeah, I, I don't really touch my hotel room. I touch it as little as possible. You know what I mean? Like I try to <laughs> I throw the bag in. I go, yeah, I do exactly what he did. Go down, have a beer. Yeah, what are you going to do? I love a lobby bar. You can have some of that leftover bacon from the buffet that morning. <laughs> Enjoy a Caesar. Yeah, he was a great guy. Scotty, um, Scotty could definitely be a broadcaster if he wanted to be. That's right. Um, he could be our NHL correspondent. I love that idea. We could just follow him on the road and he could check in from his various stops because it sounds like he's going to go back and play next year. He's got a beautiful... We didn't get to talk about his house in Newport Beach. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I wanted to ask him how he ended up... I mean, 
How does anyone end up in Newport Beach? Why not, I guess, would be probably his answer on that one. But Why not, eh? Because um, he didn't play for Anaheim or L.A. or anything like that. But he probably trained down there, right, with somebody and was like, I might as well plant my flag here rather than doing it in Philly or Columbus or wherever. You ever been to Philly? Yep. I really liked it. You know, I've been there a couple of times for a couple of different uh, games, like an Eagles game and a Phillies game. You know what I loved about it, Dan? What's that? They figured out the way. You know, everyone else has built their stadiums downtown. Everyone's like, you got to build it downtown. Philadelphia figured out a way to not do that, but still make it super convenient. They built all the stadiums in one place. Right. Right? The, the Flyers, Sixers, Arena, the Lincoln Financial Field or whatever it's called now, and Citizens Bank. One giant lot. They're all right there. And the subway goes there, and you park there for all of them. It's like the Mike, Kansas City. The Mike Schmidt statue's there. It's all in one spot. So you just know where you're going. It's very convenient. Kansas City, Arrowhead, <laughs> and Kaufman are back-to-back. -back. Right next to each other. Yeah, I thought that was good. And also, Philly, that's why I said blue-collar. It reminded me of, to be honest, it reminded me of Edmonton a little bit, where it's like, you know, good blue-collar people, fun town, everyone likes to party, everyone loves sports, and their fans are notorious for being very hard on their players. And Philly they want to win. Philly cheesesteaks for <clears throat> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I gotta be honest, I wasn't dazzled by Philly cheesesteaks. It tasted like, like the meat you would give your dog <laughs> on a roll with cheese whiz. Does that sound appealing? I had one, and I had a few of them, at the, the place on Lincoln in L.A. It was uh, right on the border of Venice and uh, mm. Marina Del Rey. It was a Philly cheesesteak mm. place. The guys were from Philly, I think. It was one of those um, you can't even eat in the place, L.A. eateries in which it looks like it's about to be condemned. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know exactly the place you're talking about. I just they were don't know delicious. what it's called. That's There's where I uh, ate it uh, sitting on a curb. I, I probably looked like I needed change. You know what is a great place if anyone's in Philly? Sarcone's Deli. They make a Philly, like a hoagie, right? That's the thing, a Philly thing, a hoagie, which is essentially an Italian sub. If you're in Philly, you've got to go to Sarcone's Deli and get, and get one of those Italian subs. Just fantastic. That, to me, is better than a cheesesteak. Philly would be a fun place to play. Uh, Bryce Harper... The big uh, rumors that they've offered him, what, $310 million over 10 years, but he hasn't signed there. He probably doesn't want to play in front of those fans. It's can, fucking He can play for our uh, old buddy, Gabe Kapler. I think he's, they, there's talk this morning, might go to the Dodgers. Uh, maybe the Blue Jays. Is oh, God. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, well, we should get uh, we should break some trades. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Christoph, what do you think of this uh, edition of the podcast? Two thumbs up. All right, two thumbs up. I'm fine with that. I think the best part is uh, we finished it. Oh, and this is where we uh, tell you about our brand new spot. Can I say this? And I, I'm just, I'm just going to say that I think there's some. There's some heat on potential sponsorship. Ooh, Delta Hotels? Get ready for the Jay and Dan <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Delta Scarborough. Hey, it's a Delta in Scarborough. What do you expect?
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. Oh, we're done? I guess so. Okay. See you next. We'll see you in March. Hey, winter. We did it. <laughs> They're going home. The Jay and Dan Podcast.